Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Koi Pond and Water Garden Podcast. A podcast for the aquatically obsessed. With your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In pursuit of all things aquatic, bringing you Koi Pond and Water Garden advice straight from the field. The show starts now. Right now, right here, right now. Hey, everybody, this is Mike Gannon from the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. Welcome to episode 78 of the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. And this episode is brought to you by That Pond Place. That Pond Place is a new destination location for pond keepers water gardeners, water feature enthusiasts, everybody. It's a place in New Jersey located at 2656 Route 57 in the skylands of New Jersey, the highlands of New Jersey, that pond place. Uh, Koi ponds, water gardens, water features, beautiful aquatic plants, colorful, friendly, bright koi fish, goldfish, all sorts of pond fish, even tadpoles and snails. You can get all sorts of stuff. The aquatic plants are unbelievable. Come on down, check out the selection. And not just that, you can get all the different supplies you need, water treatments, foods, equipment, you name it. That pond place at 2656 Route 57, Stewartsville, New Jersey, has it all. Come on down and check them out. Their phone number is 908-329-6176 thatpondplace.com. Check them out. Welcome to the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast, everybody. A podcast for the aquatically obsessed, just like that pond place is for aquatically obsessed people. Now that I think about it, a place for pond keepers to hang out, a podcast with content and information specifically for Koi Pond keepers, water gardeners, and those who simply enjoy having water in their landscape. It doesn't matter what level of pond keeping you are at, beginner or seasoned, hobbyist or professional, there's something here for you at the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. It is the original pond-specific podcast, and I'm happy to be your host. I'm Mike Gannon, and again, episode 78. This episode and all the episodes um, can be found on Blog Talk Radio. Go back and check out the 77 episodes that came up right before this one here. So anyway, um, I'm Mike Gannon. I'm a koi pond and water garden professional. Uh, I work with them every day for the last 26 or so years, getting a lot of information out there in the field. And my goal here is to present to you guys the most accurate information I can based on my experience in the field and, of course, my experience in the industry and learning from others and having mentors and meeting interesting people and other experts in this field of uh, pond keeping, which you are probably involved with if you're listening to this show. So I try to bring you the best information I can, stuff that's realistic, stuff that I see firsthand. I don't try to, um, you know, step outside of that realm. I'm not comfortable talking outside of that realm, but if, uh, I can bring you some good information. I'm going to try to do that. And that's what this episode, the podcast is, is about. This particular episode 
is one of the several that I've been doing in the vein of conservation and how conservation and pond keeping, in my opinion, are, are so intertwined with each other. Even if you are into the pond keeping lifestyle because you like fish or you like plants or you just love the aesthetics of an amazing water feature, koi pond, um, in your life, conservation is still going to end up being what I would call an inadvertent side effect of your efforts at enjoying your koi fish because so much is going on. It's really amazing what happens in our koi ponds, water gardens, and water features. You know, on this big, huge, tiny planet of ours, we have several kingdoms. And I don't mean the United Kingdom, the Saudis, Netherlands, Spain, not those kingdoms. I mean kingdoms as in the classification of life as we know it here on Earth. The system of classification that we currently use is called taxonomy. Carl Linnaeus is the father of taxonomy, and that guy could stuff a dead raccoon and make it look alive. Ducks, fox, owls, bear, that guy, he could do them all. Actually, taxonomy really is the two-name system still used today that allowed the classification of all organisms on Earth to, into two distinct kingdoms of plants and animals. And no, I don't know who the father of taxidermy is, but that guy, that guy could stuff a chicken and make it look great. The classification system created by Linnaeus has since been expanded from the two kingdoms to include now fungi like mushrooms, yeast, and mold, and protists like algae and protozoans for an expansion from his original two kingdom system to a new five kingdoms of life, I believe described by Whitaker. In this episode of the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast, we're going to focus on the plant kingdom because pretty much all the other ones that we've been talking about conservation and how ponds conservation go together have been in the animal kingdom. So let's, let's take an episode here to talk about our wonderful plants. As part of the series of podcasts, um, the focus on conservation and pond keeping, how they go hand in hand, how a pond is one of the strongest tools of conservation that can be easily deployed for so many. If you're interested in making your mark in conservation efforts, a pond should be a strong consideration. In most of the episodes that are related to con conservation, the focus, again, has been specific on animals or species, but a broader group approach is what we'll take in this episode as we talk about plants. Plants and ponds? Well, yes, of course. It seems that when conservation is typically discussed that the attention is given to the animal kingdom. Plants taking something of a backseat in conservation. And this is probably because humans the practitioners of conservation respond more to things that have eyes and faces. A contest in which plants cannot participate. That, however, doesn't diminish the importance of plant conservation 
the rate of destruction of plant habitat, the rate of loss of plant species, if looked at as a snapshot in time today, would be staggering if we actually confronted it. Deforesting, draining of swamps and wetlands, agricultural encroachment, fires, easily add up to a loss of more than 30,000 square miles annually. That's according to conservation.org. It's a lot. Again, we tend to gravitate towards recognizing the loss of animal life and human habitat. We don't hear much, if, any, if anything, about the loss of plant species. If we reacted only toward numerical data, then the number of losses suffered in the plant kingdom would also bring tears to our eyes. Instead of images of rescuers and heroes running out of burning areas with bear cubs, deer fawn, or koalas, we'd see people running out of forests, burning forests with an endangered fern, or maybe a rare mushroom, or something like that, right? <laughs> but the firefighter who runs out of a burning forest saving a plant or a fungus while a baby deer, a fawn, or a turtle, or something burns in the background, they would definitely be ostracized. It would be outrageous, egregious, and preposterous. But man, could you imagine the memes? That'd be pretty funny. Um, but maybe those plants are important to the overall well-being of mankind. Maybe even more important than the animals. Who knows? I don't know. Do you know? If, if you do, send me an email. Um, so let's talk about how, as pond keepers, we can play a role in plant conservation. Many of us do already. Water gardeners sure do. Plants are an important part of life here on Earth. The, uh, among the oldest organisms on Earth would be plants. And plants will be here long after mankind vanishes. Plants have seen lots of dominant species come and go as they carry on and on. Plants in just a few short years can easily devour, devour the most complex civilizations. They have before, they will again. But it's still important to help them if possible. <laughs> Ironic. And our backyard ponds and water features are a great way to do that. We have the opportunity to grow some pretty amazing plants. The water lily, a plant many millions of years old, has managed to find a home in our modern-day ponds very comfortably. The lily is a great example. The lotus is another example. Most of the plants that can really thrive in our koi ponds, water gardens, water features aren't exactly newcomers to the world. So what can we do to help the conservation effort? If you have a pond, you've at least gotten your feet wet. If you don't have a pond, build a pond. Ponds for conservation. Yeah. If you'd like to uh, build a pond to grow some really amazing aquatic plants, it's a pretty easy endeavor as a, even a DIYer. Got waterfall? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, and if you really want something aesthetically beautiful and highly functional, then think about hiring a professional to build your pond. Got waterfall? Mm-hmm. Professionals will make that happen. Um, my company, 
Full Service Aquatics is a pond company, and we're based in New Jersey. We build ponds for our clients, koi ponds, water gardens, waterfalls, water features of every type, <coughs> fountains, you name it. If it's aquatic, Full Service Aquatics, based out of Summit, New Jersey, builds it and services it. Ponds and water gardens that we build are beautiful, world-class features, and they all aid in the conservation effort. A beautiful water garden is easy to have, especially with full-service aquatics. If you want to check out my website, my online portfolio, go to fullserviceaquatics.com. Go right to the portfolio and actually go to the contact page. Say hi as long as you're going to be there. We've been servicing the New Jersey area for 25 years, but for projects, we go everywhere. We've built on the road. And if you want to talk about a project, maybe a water garden filled with rare aquatic plants, a conservation dream, give Full Service Aquatics a call. If you're a New Jersey listener, by the way, if you're that local, we also provide every service for existing ponds. If you, if you need pond cleaning repairs or a new look for your pond, we do renovations, fullserviceaquatics.com. Um, so in these ponds that we build, the opportunity for working with plants is huge. It, it opens a whole new world to plant keeping, water gardening, gardening to those who enjoy gardening. Gardeners, a lot of times, for whatever reason, water gardening doesn't come on the radar. Most people think of terrestrial garden or vegetable gardening. Building a strictly water garden, no fish, is pretty easy. It's, it's relatively easy. I mean, excavation, you know, it's never easy. It's not something you, go, you do for leisure. Um, but you can excavate an area about a foot deep. Some areas even shallower. For a strictly water garden, no fish. Some areas could be six inches or less. I mean, you can work with that stuff when you're building just a water garden. Dig it about a foot deep or so, add a liner to that area, fill it with water and plants. <laughs> it, it can be that easy. Um, you know, if you're really just looking to, to have an impact. Of course, the sky's the limit when it comes to aesthetics, like how you want it to look, how you want to present it. Um, I think my clients would be upset with me if, if I did it that way, if I just dug a hole, put a liner in and filled it with plants. But the point is, not everything has to be a professionally installed work of aquatic art for it to play a role in conservation. You can even work with some pretty small applications like whiskey barrels, water troughs, old bathtubs. I mean, maybe you've seen those kind of classic small uh, water garden type of uh, approaches. Even at that scale, you can enjoy quite a few aquatic plants. Adding this aquatic element to your location will have an immediate impact on your biodiversity. Not only are you now providing habitat for the plants to shelter, grow, feed, and reproduce in general. For example, you could build a pond and never add plants to it. And within a short period of time, plants will simply begin to grow there, finding their way by wind dispersion or from animals inadvertently depositing seeds or living plants. It really won't take long for various local water and moisture-loving plants to simply grow and fill your pond. Let nature do its thing. But you could dial in your efforts, too, and maybe grow some more unusual plants, pitcher plants, mosses, carnivorous plants. Try growing some rare, endangered, or at-risk plants. Um, I read this story about at-risk plants re recently, so I want to share this. 
And I quote, you know, it's funny when you talk about at-risk stuff, at-risk plants. <laughs> um, anyway, so I am quoting this starting now. Uh, at-risk aquatic plant species are in danger of extinction from habitat loss pollution, disease, and competition from invasive species. The loss of these species could affect many benefits that we derive, could affect many benefits that we derive from aquatic ecosystems. For example, many aquatic species act as water quality indicators that contribute to a clean and plentiful water supply by filtering out pollution and preventing excessive algae growth. Aquatic plant species provide habitat and food for animal species and also may provide recreational, cultural, or aesthetic value. Each species plays an important role within its ecosystem. Ecosystems are highly interconnected with numerous food chains that form a food web where all species have a vital function. Each species depends on other species for some aspect of their survival, whether it is to provide habitat, serve as food, decompose matter, pollinate plant species, or control pest species. The removal of even one species from an ecosystem could potentially have cascading effects throughout the system. Trophic cascade. Preserving at-risk plant species also has a scientific value. Each species has a unique genetic material that helps it survive. This has implications for human health since many medicines used today use chemicals that were first discovered in plants. Other plants not yet studied may have undiscovered potential for future medicines. Unquote. That's interesting stuff, I think. And that is where having a pond comes into play again. We can mitigate many of these conservation problems and issues with the addition of a pond to our local environment, our backyard or front yard, we really can help. There really isn't a downside to adding a healthy body of water to any environment. Schools should all have ponds. What an incredible tool for education. And teaching about conservation could really be effective when students actually have a living, breathing pond that they can access not to mention the numerous other educational opportunities a pond could have. Teach a shop class about hydrodynamics or pump systems. Have an art class paint or draw the pond. Can you think of any famous water garden pond paintings? I mean, the potential is stupid, yo. So creating a home for plants, an aquatic home for plants, is just a pond away a place for plants to live out their lives and contribute as, the eagerly, as they eagerly do to the larger ecosystem around them. The habitat that you can provide for plants, the protection you can offer at-risk plants, the proliferation you can offer in endangered plants is just a pond away. It can be that easy. And those plants benefiting from your conservation efforts will Turn, will in turn provide food, shelter, and a place to live for other species. The road goes on forever, and the party never ends. So let's not forget about the plant kingdom. The plants sometimes become invisible to us, but check any sidewalk crack in a city or any crevice on top of a mountain, any backyard, and you will find plants. It doesn't mean that some of the plants could not use our help. A pond is a powerful tool in that effort. I want to talk real quick again about how you can set up a water garden. So I said it could be very easy. 
basically excavating and putting a liner in. And it, it literally could be kind of that easy. But, you know, a good water garden design might be uh, two feet deep at its maximum. And then you want to have maybe a one foot deep area as well. And if you really want to get fancy, you could do a small shelf, maybe about six inches deep. If you have those three depths, you have a lot of aquatic plants that you can choose from. The deeper water is going to be for mostly um, water lilies and perhaps some submerged aquatic weeds. You know, I usually don't add those to water gardens that we work with because they tend to be invasive and they can take over quite a bit. So I usually don't add the aquatic weeds. I, I really reserve the um, deeper portions. Keep for, it pondy. Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing. So I reserve the deeper portions for water lilies or water lotus. And there's a handful of other plants that can go can go fairly deep up to like maybe a Keep foot Keep it deep. pondy. Uh, I am. Uh, is. I'm doing it. This is about as pondy as it gets. This is actually the Koi Pond Water Garden podcast. Got so, waterfall? You know, oh, shut up. So anyway, you want to go about two feet deep and kind of give yourself different levels inside there. Um, add your plants with a pure water garden. I would still add oxygenation to it. I mean, that could be really super basic. Now, when I build, because I, you know, that's what I do, I usually add um, complete filtration systems. I'm skimming it. I'm circulating it. I'm filtering it. I have biological filtration. I use gravel on the inside of our ponds as a standard of our construction. We always use rock and gravel on the inside of our ponds to cover the liner um, and to receive all those benefits of the gravel filtration that comes from that. So we always build it that way. Um, but you don't necessarily have to do that with just a simple water garden. So again, I just want to cover that again real quick. You know, you could go really pretty shallow, two feet deep for your deeper water plants. If you don't want to do deep water plants like water lily, my gosh, it could be a foot deep. It could be, you know, six inches deep if you really, really wanted to kind of push the limits of it. But water gardens are easy, easy to have. And I do encourage you guys to take that up and um, try to get that done. All right. So thanks for joining me, everybody. If you want to learn more about plant conservation, you should check out some websites that can give you tons of information and the opportunity to support them, like the plantconservationalliance.org or saveplants.org or bcgi.org, Botanical Gardens Conservation International, BCGI. And visit your local botanical gardens and arboretums. Become a member. We can all do something. Support your local pond professionals. Support your local pond retail. The places that are out there selling the aquatic plants and obtaining them and bringing them, you know, into our lives. Try and support these people and uh, go and take advantage of their knowledge and their expertise and hand-selected plants. And again, this podcast is brought to you by That Pond Place, which is exactly the kind of place you can do that. Aquatic plants, colorful fish, pond supplies. That Palm Place is located at 2656 Route 57 in Stewartsville, New Jersey. You guys got to check this place out if you're in New Jersey. Holy God, it is just the best of the best of the best, if I can say so myself, because, yeah. Uh, and, and I'm usually there Saturdays and Sundays, so stop in and say, hey. Thanks again for listening. 
I'm your host, Mike Gannon. I'm a pond professional, and this podcast is an extension of my passion for pond keeping. I bring you the best information I can working in the field, working with koi ponds, water gardens, water features. I bring you the information based on what I see being most successful out in the field. I see it all. There are many ways to approach the hobby and lifestyle pond keeping. Some are really good, easy, practical. Others are a disaster. And really upsetting. Sometimes it seems there's more bit bad info out there than good when I start looking around. I try to be unbiased and bring you the info on what really works out there in the pond keeping realm. And if I find something better, some better info, I'll share that. Thanks for being a listener. If you want to find more content from me, you can find it on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest. If you want to hear more podcasts, check out the complete Koi Pond Water Garden Library. We're on episode 78. You can find it on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or whatever podcast platform you use. And please offer a rating or a review or a comment. That'd be so appreciated. My company is Full Service Aquatics. We're based in Summit, New Jersey. I thank you guys for hanging out with me. Got waterfall. And, uh, I, yeah, I will look Got waterfall. To catching up with you guys next time here on the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. Take it easy. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, broadcasting Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. I think I need to update my pond closing because I don't do the Wednesday nights anymore, but you guys get it. You guys get it. I know you do. See you next time. Be good, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Be safe out there. Be good to people. Put positivity out there into the world. Peace.